Welcome to Caffeinated Living, a podcast all about Jesus, ministry, and the things that keep us going. My name is Kyle. And I'm Rob. And we're back for episode number 12, 12. right? 12 is my favorite number, by the way. I think we need to do a number draft because 12 is the greatest number of all time. So who would be your sports number 12? Okay, fun fact. Michael Jordan wore number 12 one time because somebody stole his number 23 jersey. So that's my favorite sport, number 12. Okay, I'll give you that one. That's a good pick. I don't know any other 12s, that's why. But, yeah. I can't think of any top of my head. Who wears number 12? I don't know. So, anyway, that has nothing to do with our episode today. So... We are kicking off Pastor Appreciation Month. It's uh, October. It's October. So to begin Pastor Appreciation Month, Kyle and I got together and we thought there is no better way to kick off Pastor Appreciation Month than bringing in two of our closest friends in the ministry. Um, not just in the ministry, but probably in life as well. Mm. And so we have with us today uh, Dustin Lovelace from... Mount Rahima Baptist Church over in Maiden, North Carolina, and the one and the only Clay Gillis from Central Baptist Church over in Hildebrand, North Carolina. So, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with us. You're big time now. Oh, well, yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so, the reason we brought them on, uh, Kyle and I, we've talked before about doing a an episode based on conferences, Mm -hmm. Um, just some of the conferences we've been to to talk about those things. Well, last September, about this time actually, the four of us took the adventure of a lifetime and went to the D6 family Mm -hmm. conference. It was was something that we'd planned for almost a year, and we we just said, let's go to this conference, but how do you want to do it? And one of us, I remember we were sitting at Chick-fil-A. I don't yep. think I don't think you were there that day, Clay. No, I don't think I was. And uh, Rob, I think you were there. You were like, why don't we just take an RV? Why don't we camp or something like that? Do you remember how that conversation went? But I don't know. No, I think we we're trying to figure out how to get down there. Oh, that's right. Where were we going to fly or drive and where were we going to stay? Because we were pricing everything. And then I jokingly said that, uh, my pastor's mother-in-law has an RV. Yeah. So Kyle and Dust are like, well, let's take the RV. And I'm like, <laughs> no. And they're like, yes, let's, let's do, do it. it. So then Clay got a hold of that, and he's like, we're doing <laughs> RV, yes. <laughs> so what? there's no other way to take a youth pastor's trip than take an RV to a world-class resort in Orlando, <laughs> Florida. Yeah. Especially when you drive up looking like Cousin Eddie off the oh National Lampoon. It was awesome, man. We we all piled into this thing, and then we headed down to Florida and made the long journey. But before we even left, I want to say take off, before we even left, Clay, you had the idea. Tell them your idea that you had. Um, well, my idea was like, we're going to Florida, and what better way to, to make our journey into the great state of Florida than to wear... Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> so we all wore Hawaiian shirts. I made a little extra, and I could maybe some jean shorts and some white uh, sneakers. And a straw hat. And a straw hat. So what we, better way to make it your trip to Florida? We look like tourists on steroids, and we'd get out at gas stations or rest stops, and we look like idiots. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. So it was like a nine-hour ride, uh, and... 
Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say, but it was incredible. Uh, I will we'll never forget no. that trip. Yes, and probably a lot of the things you'll hear in this discussion will probably be a ton of inside jokes that none of you will get, but you'll enjoy the laughter. That That's what this episode will be all about, is the laughter and the humor. So, But before I begin that real quick, I just want to go back real quick. Um, Dustin, you have been at Mount Rahima five years That's or correct. six? About, it's, six? It'll, be about, it'll be six years to uh, June 1st. And then, Clay, you've been there three now? Three, yes, sir. Gosh, that's hard to believe. Yeah. So, all right, so before we begin, what's been your biggest thing that you've loved about being in ministry? I'm I'm throwing that out there on you. Didn't give you time to prep for that one. I'd say for me, probably just uh, seeing the kids grow. You know, I know getting there, uh, it was kind of a transitional period, you know. I, I know um, just seeing kids that were growing up and moving on, but also kids that I've seen start that were really young when I got there, and just the three amount of years have grown spiritually, mm-hmm. and being able to build those relationships with them, with them, and see them flourish and see them bring friends, and that's always been my biggest encouragement for them is just to what we talk about on Sundays and Wednesdays, and for them to just go out into their schools and then they're, a lot of them play ball and stuff and bring friends. And that's the whole thing with ministry is that it starts with us being a leader as a youth pastor, but they're the ones that are out in the mission field and then bringing friends. That's been my biggest thing with my kids is just seeing them, equipping them and then seeing them witness to others and then bring friends. That's, that's cool. what I've really liked. So. That's good. All right, Dustin. Oh, Lord. Hmm. That's a tough one. I think, I mean, to echo what Clay says, I think seeing your students grow. Um, when you first come in, you know, I coming into a church that had a youth guy previously before me who um, was there a while. So coming in on those heels, but then being there long enough for my students have pretty much we built a relationship where if they need something, I mean, it could be one o'clock in the morning. They know my phone's always on, um, and just to have that relationship and be able to build that has been probably one of the highlights. And then having students come to you who are basically like, "How did you know God was calling you to ministry?" I mean, those kind of things. You just you're like, some days you're like, "Man, is this really where God has called me to be?" <laughs> yeah, because you're like beating your head against the wall because you think, "Man, these students are not catching on to anything." But then to get a text in the middle of the night, someone saying. I just feel this call. How do you know that's where I'm supposed to? I mean, how do you know ministry was your calling? And just, you know, that's how the Lord just like, I got you where I need you. And I think those moments have been. And then, you know, seeing students come to Christ too, you know, without me being there and the Lord put me there, they would have never stepped out and come with us somewhere and the Lord would have never been able. Well, he would have. I should, shouldn't say that. But, right. you know. Right. Um, I understand. Um, him, him using your influence just to... Uh, see them students come to Christ and it just you know makes it all worth it. Something that's brought all four of us together has been we try to meet well, COVID's kinda of made that weird, but we've tried to meet at least once a month, if if not more than that. But something else that's brought us together is every year we plan to win a retreat together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've kind of built that friendship but also built that accountability And one thing that Rob and I are huge on, you guys would agree with this and kind of just share your thoughts is 
how important is it to not just have people in your corner, but have other people in the ministry you can bounce ideas off of, let frustrations out. How important is that to you guys as a whole? I'd say for me, you know, just the encouragement factor. Because, mm. I mean, I know so many times we, I mean, it gets frustrating. It gets hard because you get down on yourself. Yeah. I mean, in ministry, you know, when an idea doesn't work or kids don't come or just you're having a hard day at the office or whatever it may be, it's always good to reach out to you guys, I know uh, Rob, Dustin, and Kyle, man, just reach out to all you guys and just, hey, shoot you a text. Hey, man, struggling this, need some prayer, need to talk about something. You know, it, it's always good to have that encouragement and just to know that regardless of what you're going through, somebody's there to help you. Somebody's yeah. there. You know, I know with, with, with God, God's always there, but also to have that brother in Christ just to be able to help uplift you and just to encourage you through that time. That's something that's big for me. So. That's good. Yeah, I think the I think the fastest way to burn out in ministry is not to have accountability. Mm. Um, if you don't have that, and I, that's that's huge for me because I mean, I, I went I knew God was calling me in ministry. I spent a lot of time at South Mountain. I mean, several years there, and I knew that's what I was supposed to do. But I don't think if I wouldn't have had you guys in my life and some other people who poured into me, I, I really felt like I would have pretty much burned out. Uh, within the first year and a half of ministry, just because, I mean, I, I knew it was tough, but you, you don't really know until you actually get in there and get your the boots on the ground until you yeah. realize, wow, this is a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. So without that accountability, I mean, I, I would have burned out really fast. Yeah, something you said earlier, Dustin, I think that's something we have all struggled with. When you talked about giving up, there are those moments that I'm just afraid to throw it in. I think whether you've been in ministry for three years or 20 plus years, I, I think we have all had that initial thought at, at least once. Hopefully not on a weekly basis. <laughs> Hopefully not weekly. But I think at some point, if you've stayed in one place for any amount of time, I, I, I think that's, you know, and, and it's not a knock against that church you're serving in. It's just the... For me, it's my insecurities when I ask that question, basically. It's just, yeah. I think it's just a daily grind of ministry sometimes. I mean, you just... And sometimes, you know, I, happens. And sometimes I even ask, could somebody else come in and do a better job and get, get more students involved? Yeah, you know, I've, I've, had, yeah. I've had that thought too. So, well, all right. Let's get started here real quick. So, like I said, last fall, we had the opportunity to attend the D6 Family Conference. And it was absolutely amazing. It was probably hands down one of the best conferences that I've ever been to. Um, but why, I guess before we dive into it, why did we want to do that together? Like, we've talked oh. about accountability and encouragement, but <laughs> why didn't we do this with our wives or somebody else on our leadership? Like, why did we, well, why did we want to do that together? Because like, we really? met so many people on this trip that we told them our story of, Taking an RV, yeah. not bringing our families, and they're like, "What?" I'm really so, surprised we didn't end up on the on the news. Well, I think some of it, you know, because you and me and, and Dustin, we we have been to conferences together before. Yeah. Except the difference was our our families <laughs> went with us. Yeah, yeah. we left out. So somehow we we're talking about trying to do something different, like a conference wise. We we're looking at something different, um, maybe something a little bit more 
I don't want to say meaningful. That's not the right word, but something a little bit more impactful. It, it focused on the whole church. Yeah. yeah. So we came across D6. We looked it up. We were like, man, this sounds really good. And so we're like, about that time, you know, Clay was very fresh in, in, into his church. We're like, Clay, you need to go to a conference with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and he's heard some of that from the winter retreats. So we're like, well, let's go to the D6. I don't know why we didn't include our families originally. I know, because it was at the happiest place in the world, Disney World. And well, correction, it was in Orlando. We made a trip to Disney <laughs> no, that's World. That's true. That's true. We added that. but we, we, Which, I think the ones we went to before was at Universal. Yeah. It like, was. it was actually at Universal. There's a theme. We love going to Orlando. <laughs> But yeah, I like know, I don't know how much my wife appreciated the, the fact leaving her at home when we went to the <laughs> happiest place on earth. But no, think about it. I had a one month old at that point, or two month old when when I left, and my wife was gonna kill me. Um, but yeah, I mean, we went anyways. It, we went anyways. It, it was a trip of a lifetime. Like we've talked about having accountability, having other people in the ministry. But I think the need for conferences in general, I think, just it recharges your batteries like almost nothing else can. Like we all four, all four of us love summer camp. But there's just on that level, we leave summer camp more tired than when we went in. But in a conference, like it's all focused on ministry. It's all focused on ideas and encouragement and everything else we've mentioned. And every time I leave a conference, I'm like pumped up. Like I'm like, all right, let's let's start using some of that stuff. I don't know about you guys, but. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm like that. I think if you can leave a conference more excited than when you got there, mm-hmm. I, that, that's how I know it was a good conference for me. So. What, what, what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about the trip, the adventure of the lifetime down there? I say we start at the beginning and get down there. What beginning? What do you want so, to okay, like, yeah. what, what would your beginning be? Well, the fact that we left at like, what, four o'clock in the morning? I mean, we left like super early. Which was me and Dustin's <laughs> yeah, idea. Not, yeah, it was like 4 30. We decided to pull out. Which uh, they were not driving, by the way, but that no. was their idea to leave. We had a faithful driver. Yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> So, okay, so we leave. We're getting there. Like, we stopped, we stopped and grabbed breakfast. We stopped at Chick-fil-A. Finally. We were the first people in Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah. And that's it was like South Carolina, wasn't it? We made yeah. it to right. yeah. And we're all wearing our Hawaiian shirts, Clay's shirts tucked in. Yeah. We can't forget, though, the first stop we had to make was an ATM machine because yeah. someone. In, in, in Hickory. <laughs> in Hickory. <laughs> at 4 o'clock in the morning. The sketchiest part of town in the U Haul parking lot. Yeah, U Haul parking lot. Because <laughs> I forgot to bring money with all. Yeah. In an RV. Yeah. In an RV. <laughs> what better way to get started right there? And then, and then we started something on the way down. I don't know. I don't think they ever got published. No. We, we, we tried to create the... Uh, our vlog. Mine and Kyle's vlog. <laughs> yeah. We tried to <laughs> vlog our experience. We took videos. I don't remember what we said. The RV Chronicles? Yeah. Yes. Something like that. I think that's what it was. Man, we need to put those videos out there. Dude. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, so to give you the picture, I'm driving, and then one of them would rotate sitting in the, in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. So the other two that were in the back of really, the car. Uh, me and Dustin would rotate. He never rotated. <laughs> yes, 
He's he's slept in the back all the way. That's yeah, true. he did sleep on the bed most of the yeah. way. He tried to sleep. It was doing bouncing all the way down yeah. there. Yeah, anytime I go on a trip, I I'm useless because I'll just fall asleep. So I was in the back. And I felt my body just levitating <laughs> many times just being in the back of that RV. But, yeah. Yeah, it, it was quite an experience. You look up in the rear view mirror and here's Kyle's body just flopping <laughs> up and down like a dummy back around the bed. Like, not, not a dummy. We like attempted you. to play Uno on the way. Yeah. We did. We did play Uno. Yeah. Well, then we, the, but then we pull in. I don't know where you're going, but then we pulled in to the, uh, the place that we were hooking up our camp before we got there okay the florida welcome center oh <laughs> yes tell this story can't forget about that the florida welcome center i'm super pumped we're in florida and to which you've never been to florida before. i've never been to florida that's oh, first time in florida that. yeah so i was like super excited we made it to the sunshine state <laughs> And I hop out. I was pumped. I was going. I was getting my free glass of orange juice. I'm pretty sure the RV didn't even stop. I don't think. I'm out. I'm out. You're already out of the RV. And so I'm. I'm I'm in the door. I'm I'm getting my free glass of orange juice. We're no longer serving glasses of orange juice. I'm like, I was mad. It was actually orange juice shortage. There was an orange juice shortage, and I'm like, all places. This is what I. This is what I was living for. So remember what they gave us though? Florida (laughs) pen. A Florida pin. Did I pin that hat? Uh, that Florida pin to my hat. I but sure did. We still got orange. We got a glass. We got a bottle. Share us that story. I bought a Tropicana thing of orange juice and the vending machine, and I poured us all a glass. And we took a glass of orange juice uh, we before we pulled out of the uh, Florida Welcome Center. So we got orange juice. So we still got orange juice. I think it was made in like yeah, was Canada it was, or something. Yeah, it wasn't Florida orange juice, but it, it it'll do. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, that's where I was going. Kyle was... Oh, our first stunt. The place that you found us... Yeah, I found an Airbnb, and it was like 40 bucks for one night. It was cheap, but then it's like this little compact place, and I'm thinking, I got to back this thing. Where? How? Like, And, and, then, then, and then our lovely... Host. Host. Hmm. He had colorful language, man. I learned words I've never heard before. You're from New York. Yeah. <laughs> but the most interesting thing about an RV, if you've never been RV or even a camper, is like you have to learn hookup lines and not just electrical hookup. Like you've got to hook up to water tanks and then sewage tanks and you can't mix them up. Well, before we even took off to go on this trip, we had a kind of a walk through on this is what it is this is what it is this is how you do it one of us listened and it wasn't the person that was supposed to listen we were like clay we're putting you in charge of this and we get down there like clay how do you do this uh, i have no idea i have no so idea you should preface that by saying that his parents actually have an rv, an RV or a camper or and he's camper. like yeah, yeah yeah i got all this i know how to do it they do it all the time I, and, and that's why we put clay yeah. in charge because he's like yeah we do this all the yeah, time that was, so, David Gillis, if you're listening, we, we just need uh, yeah. confirmation on that. Dad does it. I'm just kind of there hanging out. Yeah, he said he knew how to do it. And we had no clue how to hook up anything. I mean, we, we had Dustin. We had Dustin. Yeah, but remember, we couldn't even take a shower in our own RV. We had to use, like, the, the shower, which was nice. The shower but, house. But... Yeah, I mean, none of us would have fit in that. So we, we did anyway. bathe. We did bathe. Let's just, just, we did bathe when we were on this trip. Yeah. Not together, but we did no. bathe. No, not Gosh, no. Yeah, get that for a mental image for a second, <laughs> listeners. 
Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We might have to edit that out. <laughs> so, no, that, that's good. That's good. <laughs> then we head to Disney because we, we got a campsite at the Airbnb, but then our next campsite was actually at Camp a, Wilderness. Camp Fort Wilderness Fort or something. Wilderness. Yeah. Yeah, so we pulled in there. We felt like pros at that point when it came to hooking up stuff. Yes, but they had places that you could back into and like you had room to do it. It wasn't like this little small neighborhood of And then we brought lawn chairs that we never sat in the whole time. <laughs> yeah. We had like a green grass mat that we put out there. And nothing never once did we ever sit on any of that. Yeah. So what about our first night there? What about our Disney trip? We went to Disney. Before that? Yeah. All right. Do you tell them about the Disney trip? Oh. Well, I've never been to Disney World, and Rob and Kyle are like, they love Disney. They're all about that stuff. (laughs) I don't... But it was... uh, We got there, and I'll tell you right now, that is the happiest place on earth. That was awesome. (laughs) Rolling up in there, seeing that big old sign, welcome to Walt Disney World. I about cried. And uh, it had it was my birthday that week, and plus it was my first time, so I got two free buttons, and I wore both buttons all day long. And so, every time a cast member saw you, they'd tell you, uh, "Happy birthday!" Yes, it was great. Everybody's so nice. Yeah. And we rode Splash Mountain at eight o'clock in the morning, and we're soaking wet the rest <laughs> of the day. I don't know what else happened at Disney. Dustin, how was your? Disney experience. Well, we tried to do all four parks in one day. Ooh, which? Because we only had really one day that we could. We didn't do the Animal Kingdom, though. That's right. We did three. Three of the four. Yeah. I was about dead. Which, if you've ever been to Disney and you try to do one park in one day, you know you're extremely exhausted. So now you try to go do three parks where you're like running literally from one ride to the next get to the place so you can get to the next park. I mean, you we were pretty exhausted after that. I think I checked my step counter that day, and we were like at 32,000 steps. I had a rash. <laughs> <laughs> There's another mental image for you listeners. <laughs> Clay's rash. I did yeah. at the end of the day. Clay went from running to waddling like a penguin. <laughs> that was bad. After we were done. So take that day. whole day, all right? It was an amazing day. We walk in, Clay's like... A kid in the candy shop. Dustin's like, what is this? What is this? What is this? It was awesome. It was so much fun. But then we're dog tired when we get back to the RV. And I just want to get in our nice, cool <laughs> camper. Nice, cool camper. It's 100 degrees in Florida. Nice, cool camper. And it's been on all day. Not running like the engine, but the generator's been yeah. going. So we're like, this is going to feel amazing. We walk in there. Stagnant. And it was like... Smoldering. You could cut the air. It was so thick and humid. And we're freaking out because it's like 10 30, 11 o'clock at night at this point. So we decide, you know what? Let's lay down. <laughs> Let's don't fix it right now. Let's just lay down. So we all laid down. They're all a lot smaller than I am. So I'm dying. And I couldn't take it. They all got on the roof. I didn't get on the roof. I couldn't fit on the roof. Trying to fix the air conditioning. There's ice spitting out of the air conditioning. The screws are stripped. I'm. I just. Clay's stuck to the couch because he's sweating. I'm stuck to the couch. I couldn't. All you hear is. All I need is something cold. Okay. I opened the refrigerator and there was a can of Pepsi. It was ice cold, and I slept with an ice cold Pepsi on my neck. 
all night. I have no shame whatsoever. It was ridiculously hot that night. But, yeah. And then the next morning we got up and went to the first day of the conference. Yep. Yeah, we didn't even to the conference yet. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, all this was leading up to the conference. Well, and then pulling up to the conference because we had to take a lift everywhere we went. Yeah, we didn't have a car. And so, and then getting around Fort Wilderness was torturous. Yeah. Because you're so far back from, mm-hmm. like, the pickup sites. But do y'all remember the guy when we were going to the hotel? He tried to drop us off. And like this back alley part of the hotel. Yeah, where the delivery trucks go. Like we're back there with the FedEx guys dropping packages off. He's like, yeah, here you go. I'm like, no, buddy, you're taking us to the front. Every time we would take a lift, we would put clay up front. with the, And we would never order Uber XL or Lyft XL. We always got the regular size yeah, sedan. That was real fun. So me, Dustin, and Rob were on the back seat. We'd throw clay up front with the actual driver. And he'd have to make small talk. Yeah, so he'd try to just say, how you doing? And a lot of times they didn't I tried to make conversation with him, and they didn't have a whole lot to say. So. <laughs> now, no, the first night. The, fir- the, the first, first guy night, was real nice. Yeah, the first night when we, because we were at Fort Wilderness when we stayed at the little B&B, because remember we got in there and then we went to Yeah, he, he was really nice. Oh, Disney Springs. For the most part, I mean, we, they were decent, but some of them were just a little, little odd, but... There might have been some that didn't come and pick us up even after we asked yeah. them to and then we canceled that one and we get it again and it's the same guy but Disney know, Springs okay. was fun I enjoyed going there we ate some good restaurants at Disney Springs yeah we ate good that whole week yeah except for when Rob wanted to stop at Fuddruckers on the way down man Kyle was a little bitter about that but it's okay <laughs> yeah was All it on the way down or the way back on the way, way down we wanted crystals but you said no yeah why do you want meth Crystal. <laughs> Speaking of Crystal, at the end of this episode, we're going to do a draft. And it's going to be interesting because this is our first four-person draft. And we're going to draft our favorite fast food restaurants. So stay tuned for that at the end. But what about the first day of the conference? What was that like? Yeah, that, that's where I was leading. Like, once we finally made it to where we're supposed to, uh, we go in, we check in, and we're, we're just walking around. So, I mean, we were there. I mean, we were there well enough in time because we, we, we had to find somewhere to find breakfast. We ended up eating at Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, I think that was like the only place. It's like $81 yeah. for Starbucks. <laughs> Here's your water and a scone. <laughs> yeah. So, but I thought it was really interesting. I can't remember why they had the birthday cake. Because it was D6's birthday but for some reason, they had the birthday cake in the main room. In there. Yeah, we got cake as soon as we walked in. Yeah, but I can't remember what... what, if, what I don't was. remember the cake. We got cake? Yeah, we got cake. It was on, <laughs> remember, it was on really fancy plates. Yes, I remember that. It wasn't like cheap plastic. And that's when we were like, this conference is going to be legit. Yeah, they got yeah. free books and stuff. Yeah, we got free books, free cake. I mean, what else What else do you need? So, free okay. pens. The, the conference begins... Gosh, I'd have to go back and look at it. I don't even know who all spoke. I'd have to go back and look at everything. And we probably should have researched this a little bit better. Dustin's got notes, so we're, we're going to rely on him. Um, <laughs> Do you remember? Who who did speak? All right, Tim Tebow's mom. Yeah, Pam. Pam. Tim Tebow's mom. Like, what better at a family conference than I had to a get? quote by one Dr. of the guys Moore. that Dr. spoke. Dr. Moore spoke. Um, me and Rob really connected well with a guy. 
His name was John. Remember John? John Forrest. Yeah, the guy did the games. Yeah, we we mentioned him in one of our past episodes. Well, I remember a quote he had at the con. I remember screen. I actually shared this the other day on my uh, Facebook page. But See, Clay's got notes too. He. No, his quote that he said, he said, Paul didn't tell Timothy to chill the good chill. He told him to fight the good fight. So I remember that from that. I mean, there was a lot more stuff they talked about, but I just remember him making that quote, and I thought it was very, very good. Mm -hmm. That's really good. My favorite thing about the conference was the the breakout sessions. Those were my favorite. Like, we went, I went to one. That talked about like why do your games stink? Talking about like your youth games and stuff, and that's something I needed a lot of help with, and I got a lot of insight on what you know how to work on that and like group building games, and so that was really neat. That really helped me out a lot. I have notes from the <coughs> night session, not the morning session, because I guess Russell Moore spoke that night. Yeah, he was yeah. the one that kicked it off. So I have, I have some notes from him. And then that next day was John Forrest and Philip Nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember who spoke that, that first. I know Jefferson's, Jefferson Jeff- Bethke spoke one day. Yeah. And he was like speaking a million miles an hour. Yeah. It was like he was speaking. And he had a whiteboard. He did have a Yeah. It was good. It was, it was just so yeah, it was fast. really fast. But. But I think because they, they crammed like. Four speakers in an hour, in like one hour, but they did really good. But it was like trying to take notes and just like boom, 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 and it was it was crazy. But there's a lot that we had crammed in that conference that was just it, you you took away a lot of stuff. I mean, it was it, awesome. It was kind of like someone opened a fire hydrant and was expecting you to drink the water pouring out. Yeah, of it. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's, that's a good way to look at it. You got like it was just bam, there it is. Hope you catch something, and you know it was, it was a lot. So, do y'all remember the breakout sessions you went to? Yeah, I remember the game one. That was one of the ones I remember more than anything. I went to one on discipleship and incorporating the family into that, and how that element was important to youth ministry and connecting not just you to your students, but also connecting you to your parents. Yeah, because um, it basically the whole point of that was. It really starts at home. You're just coming alongside the parents to basically reinforce what they're already or should already be teaching mm-hmm. at home. Um, and then he he was basically saying that's not kind of how youth ministry is. It's it's not that's not how it is. I mean, his his whole goal was to try to get it back to that where it's you know you're like I said coming alongside your parents. And he he did a really good job of giving you tips on how to you know disciple not only your students but also help your parents be. You know what God's calling to be, and that's parents. Yeah, the first one I went to was on mental health, and I'm telling you, like going into that one, I was like, "Whoa, this this is going to be good stuff." Because all the information, and we've done a whole episode on mental health and being in the ministry, because it's it's a real thing. But so many of the people that were sharing in that class, like it just it it broke my heart. Because it felt like that was the only opportunity they ever had to share that with anyone. So that was my first one. My second one, man, it was. I, I wish I wish I had more notes on it. But the guy was basically showing how we should organize our messages and how we should use them in our youth ministries. 
at the best of our abilities. And one thing I learned from that that I still do today is the guy, he ended it with saying he does these take home or these basically before his kids can leave youth group, they have to write one thing they learned on a sticky note and then stick it on the front or stick it on a window before they leave. So as soon as they get there to youth, they give them a sticky note and that way they're kind of trying to retain something that they learned that night. And it was before they can leave, they got to put one thing that they learned. And I still do that because I thought about it. I'm like, how many of our kids show up to youth or show up to church, got nothing out of it, and mm-hmm. can't remember anything that right. they got out of it? So I like that. I it's cool. Like that. Yeah, that's a. As in our sermon, <clears throat> Pastor was speaking on a sermon on Sunday, and he talked about how constantly we need to be reminded. Like, mm-hmm. think of all the sermons you've heard in your life. Do you remember every single one of them? No. You know? No. It's like, don't get mad when your pastors continually try to, I don't want to say beat the word into you, but when they continually preach the word, like, we need to be reminded that's mm-hmm. of God's word and his truth. So, yeah, my the first, comp, the first breakout session I went to, I really enjoyed it. The second one was probably like, I don't say the worst one of the whole trip, but I mean, it, it was just, it was a bust. It didn't really, but then Clay and I both went to the John Forrest with his games, mm-hmm. which, oh my goodness. That was, that was awesome. <laughs> like, I thought he was just going to like talk about games. We got to play games, man. <laughs> so all these things that we experienced at this conference, um, all right, let's talk about just the actual conference for a minute. Not everything we experienced, because that could be detrimental to our ministries, maybe. But from the conference, uh, Kyle, you said that you're, you, you still try to use the, the whole sticky note thing, like mm-hmm. the idea. Is there anything else that you guys learned that you brought home with you that it has affected or helped shape your ministry currently? I think for me, one of the big – I'm a huge football fan. And I remember Pam Tebow speaking and kind of just sharing her story about Tim and how – She kept calling him Timmy. Yeah, she kept calling him Timmy. And if any of y'all are not football fans that listen to the podcast, Tim Tebow's a quarterback, big old dude. So when you hear a quarterback that won a Heisman <laughs> National Champion called Little Timmy, it's just it's kind of weird. But, no, but hearing her story about how, you know – Tim was supposed like she could have died when he was born, and mm-hmm. they told her to get an abortion, and she chose not to, and to have Tim, and how God used Tebow. For me in my ministry, I look at some of these kids that come into our youth that um, have some really bad home lives and have a lot of baggage that come with them, for for lack of a better word, and how I look at them. And the way they carry themselves, and they're always seem to be in a good mood. They don't. They try not to let anything get them down. And I look. I, I always continually think of what God's going to use them for, mm-hmm. and where they may be at fifteen, twenty years from now. You know. Mm-hmm. And I look at some of my kids that uh, that play baseball. Um, you know, they're on the field and. Yeah, they may never make it to the MLB. They may never play another game after middle school and high school. But the impact they're making on the field as 
believers and how they talk to their other players and talk like one of them for instance like last night he said you know he said i've been inviting kids from our baseball team he said i got two of them that want to come next week and i'm like you know he's using the time that he's in practice to invite kids to youth i mean i'm like obviously god's making an impact on his life and he's hearing something from me to share that with others and to invite them and that's my biggest thing is like it doesn't stop with us. It's like it goes out to them to share disciples, to make disciples. So that's good. But that's what I got out of that. So. Yeah, that's real good. All right, what about you, Dustin? Hmm. Let's you, see. Got, you got a phone list pulling up. Pulling no, this, this is not. You got all your notes. This ain't even notes for this at all. This is totally something different. But I think the thing that that I think I walked with, walked away with from that, specifically the one I went to about how to. Not ministry is not just just because you are a student pastor doesn't mean your ministry is just to the students, but it's also to your parents. And you know, good. I, I went to school and I we talked about family ministry and those things. That's always been my heart is how do we connect the parents into what the students are doing? Because most of the time, students let's let's face it, they'll as Kyle said, he has to help them give them a note and basically what they remember. More than likely, they're going to go home. They're not. Their parents are going to be like, "What did you? What did you learn in youth tonight?" They're like, "I don't know, Jesus." <laughs> the Sunday school answer, and you're like, "I don't know." So one thing he did in there, and he talked about how he used social media a lot because that's where, like, Facebook and those kind of things. That's where the parents are. So the one thing I started doing, and obviously when COVID hit and those kind of things, I haven't been doing this here lately. But I would basically whatever the subject I was going to be talking about, I would post that. To social media and say parents this is what we're talking about tonight here's a question when your kids get home you can engage with them and say well if you don't get that answer jesus you can say well dustin talked about this here's a question how, how would you respond to that and and I, I started noticing some good things from that and parents were telling me you know this has been very helpful because for my kid it's coming home he's like eh, jesus eh, whatever i learned this i learned that I, I really wanted to connect with him and you doing that has helped me yeah, we'll connect. And I think that was one of the biggest, like I said, I've always knew that it's not just students, but it's also parents. And I think that's really been, that's the biggest thing I took away is just kind of solidifying what I already um, had known, but just putting it into practice, so to say. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, I guess mine was, do y'all remember the session Ron Hunter spoke? Oh, yeah. Yes, I do remember that one. I think still yes. to this day, was probably the most impactful main session I sat through. Yeah. Uh, just the fact that he's, he's getting ready to talk about family ministry and like having those important conversations with your family. And then they like surprise him and bring his daughter up on stage. Like he didn't even know she was there. And just like the emotion he let go of that was just like, oh, I don't know if I want to hear her talk or not. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like one of those things like, Okay, to hear your own children talk is like, oh wow, ha- have I failed? Have I? But it was really interesting that one of the things he said uh, the goal of a Christian parent is not to produce godly children, but to be godly parents. Mm. And he says, if we cannot be intentional about having conversation with our kids, then we cannot live Deuteronomy 6. Mm. Yeah. So I-, I guess for me, that one's the one that came home with me just. Not so much ministry, but family-oriented part of that. You know, just making sure that our Jan and I being intentional with our conversations with, with, with our daughter. Mm. Um, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. 
So, yeah. I think, too, that this just came to mind you was talking about. I have, I have a two-year-old and now a one-month-old, and I'm always constantly having to remind myself that my ministry doesn't just stop when I walk in my front door of my house. Yep. Um, it's with my kids, too. And I think that was, and that when you said that, it just brought it to mind, that was one of the things in that uh, session he was talking about. He was specifically talking to those who had family and just saying that, right. you know, that just because you pour everything you have in your students when you get home, that doesn't mean you can't pour into your children. Uh, which is you, hard. You're, you're not practicing what you preach. Which, which yeah. is hard sometimes. Oh, yeah. We forget that our spouse and our children are dealing with things at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we think, oh, the ministry here is just, it's been one of those days. So we go home and we forget we can't be that, as my family likes to call me, that grouchy old man, that mm. I, I have to be Rob, the guy who married Jana, Rob, the, the, the father to, to Gracie, you know? Like, mm. I, I forget that sometimes. It's where you said it's not where our ministry stops, but it's where it starts. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I think yeah. we'd all agree with that. Oh, yeah. So, well, good stuff. Any, anything else? Um, I, I, this totally slipped my mind, but the I remember the day that the family from New York, the guy with the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, talked about overcoming homosexuality mm-hmm. and how his family stayed with him through all of that yeah. and how his mom and dad, even though they knew it was wrong and even though they didn't agree with it, they still loved him and they were able mm-hmm. to pray for him. And he overcame that. And to me, that was in him just to talk about it and just just to be straight up and just tell him, like, you know, I struggled with this and just how he overcame that and saying, like, we don't, it's amazing to me, not even necessarily just homosexuality, but some of the stuff our kids go through on a daily and a weekly basis. I mean, I mean, I've definitely seen it in my youth group, but, you know, so many times churches want to just, come down on them and condemn it. And yes, it's not right, but we have to love them like Christ loved them and show them that, no, what you're doing is not right, but I'm here for you. I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to help you do that. And that was something that really has helped me in my ministry because we have some kids that come from some rough homes and the kids do do some crazy things and some rough things, but you're still able to talk to them and you're still able to show Christ's love through them and say, hey, you know, regardless of what you've done, God can forgive you for that. And you can move forward and still able to just talk to them and love them. And it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. But just to continually do that. And that's something that I took away from that. I think a lot of times what you're saying is true. Mm-hmm. I think churches, we oftentimes focus, we, we, have, we have a lot of truth, but we don't have enough grace. Um, and sometimes churches have too much grace and not enough truth, and there's a fine balance. And mm-hmm. I think um, what you're saying there, working, trying to figure out how to balance that where you don't come down on, but also you're saying, we'll be gracious, but you're going to help them walk through mm-hmm. what they're dealing with, not just let them stay there. Right. Um, so, yeah. Not just give up when the first time that you pray for them and then it doesn't change over the night, right. overnight. Like it's a relentless type of teaching, it's a relentless type of showing of grace. I mean, that goes for being parents. That goes for loving on students of working with anyone. I mean, it's just continuous. And that's the thing is, it's like, you know, we have to remember that we have to show the love of Christ. I mean, Jesus didn't give up on us after one time we messed up. And that's the thing is, is that the church so many times 
we just want to turn those people away and say, no, you know what, you, you deal with it on your own. When we're not called to, we're called to be, you know, a light. And the light don't just go out like that, you know. You got to help them out, keep it keep it going. And I think being that light, and I, I, you guys are making fun of my notes over here. But I knew <laughs> these would come in handy because here it is. Yeah. Um, you're talking about not just being um, ministered to, you know, the, the, the church. I mean, it's just all across the board. And I think ministry and connecting with the family is more important now than it's ever been. Because mm-hmm. um, I was, I did a, I've been walking through a series with my students called Hashtag Critical Issues. And we've been walking through things with like pain, talking about body image, talking about social media, um, family. And I came across some interesting statistics. And these are, I mean, I'm always looking at statistics to connect and know where my students are. Um, but these are very interesting. This just shows you the need for family uh, ministry today. So according to Pew Research, 23% of teens under the age of 18 live in a single-parent home. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's pretty staggering, 23%. Yeah. And that's just in the United States alone. That's not across the globe. Um, then also went on to say that 21% of teens under the age of 18 are living only with their mother. Mm-hmm. And then finally... The U.S. Census Bureau, this is this just blew my mind, 19.7 million children, that's more than one in four, live without a dad in the home. I believe it. Um, and so that I, this whole conference, I mean, when I went, I mean, I know this stuff was in the, you know, in my mind, but when I started doing these things from this conference started coming into my mind, I'm like, wow, that's why we do family ministry. Yeah. It's not just connecting with your students, but it's connecting across the board so we can see these numbers come down. Yeah, I mean, it's so crazy, you know, because you, you're reading all that, the statistics and stuff, you know. I feel like so many times when youth's over, we're just like, you know, go home, go home to your mom and dad, go home, you know, go home to your guardian or whatever. But we don't, we don't know, we don't know what, where they're going back to. We don't know what they're going home to. And, you know, I've, I've seen that a lot in my kids. I've been able to, coming from this, I'm not a, it was kind of hard at first when I first started at the church to to kind of connect with those families and talk to those families, but since the one here and and working with you guys, I've been able to connect with a lot of the parents and and grandparents, and we have a lot of kids that are raised by their grandparents and things like that. But just some of these, you, you don't realize what these kids are going through on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It, it's amazing to me that you know they're they're doing this, this, and this, and I mean I. I mean, I'll I'll share this, but you know, I have one kid. He's having to just basically be a leader in his house and just watch his parents going through some stuff, you know, like a divorce and everything. And he's having to just be the middle guy, and his and he just has family going through sickness, and he's dealing with that as well. And you know, he he comes, he says, you know, my big thing for coming to youth is like I, I want that encouragement. He said I want to be able to talk to my parents about Jesus, mm. wow. and he wants to talk to his parents about Jesus. You know, it's supposed to be, you know, normally we think it's the other way around. The parents talk to them about Jesus, but he wants to be a light in his family, and that right there just I'm like, wow, that's that's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. So that's it's crazy. Do but, you guys you, do y'all remember the book? that they push the entire conference. And and I get why they do that. And some of it's probably to make money for that conference and all these speakers. But do y'all remember the book that they kept pushing? The one that just kept coming out of nowhere. They were like, recalibrate. oh, yeah, recalibrate. recalibrate. The, the name How of the book was... How can you forget that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they kept saying it over and over again, but it was called Recalibrate. 
But I, I want to ask you guys this. Did this conference give us that opportunity to recalibrate our ministries, to really look back and say, am I doing these things? Am I orienting myself into family ministry? For me, I'd say, yeah. I mean, that was a huge opportunity. I feel work. like for me, it gave a, for me, more like a reset. Because oh, yeah. before, I mean, I mean, there was a lot of times I was ready to just throw it, throw it, throw it away. I was like, "There's, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> this is crazy." And after going to this and coming back, and it's still an everyday battle for me because I get down on myself. But it was a reset and just saying, "You know what? God's got me here for a reason. These these kids need me here. I need to be here. I want to be here." And it was honestly a reset for me. So, yeah, I mean, I would. I would say yes, I mean, right along with what you're saying, Kyle, that um, it was definitely an opportunity for me to kind of look at my ministry. I mean, at that point, I'd been at Mount Rahama four years, I believe. Um, so it gave me a chance to look back over the in those four years and say, okay, what did I do that was that worked? What I didn't, what I did not do that, you know, what I did do that didn't work. And I'm like, looking back over that, I mean, it really helped me to see, well, this worked, this didn't. And it helped me to start to gear more more things that I did towards being family oriented, so we could, you know, like I said, those bringing those statistics up can help start to see why we in our culture today why you see what you see on on, on the streets in our cities with these the riots and those kind of things. It's all because the home is broken down. It's not a yes policy and those things are good, but policy does not fix what we see in our country today. It doesn't fix that. It all comes back to the family. Yeah. If you want to fix that, then you got to fix the family. Yeah. And then there again, it's a heart issue too. Yeah. I mean, you got. I mean, it's. Yeah. Um, and that, and that that just really, all the stuff that we're seeing today just really made me grateful for what I learned at D six because it helps me to gear my ministry more towards the family, so I can help my families understand that you know my job as a youth pastor is yes i'm going to teach your kids but i'm i'm, I'm going to teach them what you should already be teaching i'm not a well lack of a better word a glorified babysitter right um, <laughs> you know I, i'm i'm a, a professional who's been trained in what i'm doing coming alongside my parents to you know help them raise their children so let me ask this i'm going to ask you first rob because you've been doing this the longest Conferences, yes, no. I mean, are they important? Are they necessary? Why? I mean, is it something that we truly need to take part in? Definitely. I believe, I'm a firm believer of conferences. Uh, multiple reasons. One, I think they help restore us. They, because we're constantly feeding in and pouring into other people. Yeah. We're not always having that opportunity to be poured into. I think conferences are good for that. I think they help rejuvenate our creativity a little bit. Yeah. Um, there are times in ministry that you'll just become stagnant in ministry. So you can have that little Doing jolt. the same thing over yeah. and over. Yeah, same thing over and over and over. It's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> good movie. Um, Bill Murray. There are some conferences that I have been to that was a complete waste of money. Yeah. There's conferences that I've been to that it would have been worth more money than what I put into it. Hmm. So that's personally how I feel about this particular conference, D6. 
I, I would pay a lot more for that conference. I'm not saying I want you guys to raise your prices. Mm, no. But you get what you pay for and, and more. Just yeah. from the start to the finish, um, they're... How, how do you say... I don't want to say legit, but I mean, they're, they're just... They're original. They're, they're authentic. That's mm. the word I'm looking for. They're authentic. So, I would definitely go back to this conference again. And so, when are we going? When are we going? Clay says it's I, in April. If rank it one, one through ten, one being absolutely not, ten being I'm booked, I'm ready to go again. Like I, I would be at ten. Really? I would be at ten. You'd be I, at ten. Wow. I, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Now, granted, the experiences would be a little different. You know, if we didn't take the RV, it may not be as memorable. I get that. But the conference was hands down one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. What about y'all? Again? Go again? I'm at a 12. Seriously. <laughs> Clay's actually got his tickets and ready to go. How about you? I mean, I'd say like eight and a half, nine. Uh, I'm always one that's saying there's got to be something better. But that, I mean, it was incredible. I mean, it was incredible. I enjoyed everything about it. I think for me, like, the conference was great. Yeah. But, like, honestly, like, I feel like us as a group get – I feel like we got to get away from, like, not saying, like, being here when our church isn't great, but, like, saying we got to get away for a couple of days and just talk with mm-hmm. one another, just about different experiences, different things we're going through, what we're facing in ministry and what we're dealing with. And that right there, honestly, that was fun in itself. That <laughs> yeah. was rejuvenating itself, just being able to talk and just say, you know, hey, I'm dealing with this. Well, you know, I'm going through this. And you don't feel alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, we realize that you're not the only person going through this. Yeah. And obviously, you saw that at the conference. I mean, everybody, I mean, you go, you didn't want to be that one guy going into that one breakout session about, this like well I don't want to think somebody I'm but there's 15 or 20 people in there that, are, that need to hear the same thing, so for me that's what that's what was crazy but I thought it was awesome and and I think the thing for me that made this conference spectacular that's where I'm going to go with we all know each other we're all close we've been doing ministry together so to be able to go and attend a family conference. With those pe- people that hold you accountable, that's doing ministry and doing life with you, oh man, it just made that much more memorable. Which, again, we could talk for a whole nother episode. We could talk for two hours and tell you guys stories and just continue to laugh just about things that happened. Can I tell you one more story? Yeah, we, we'll, we'll close with that for a sec. I got, I got two more actually, real quick. Okay. Real quick. So I just want to say... First and foremost, thank you to Dustin and Clay. Yes. Uh, as we are kicking off Pastor Appreciation Month, I just want to say thank you to you guys for what you do for the Lord. Thank you for the service you give to your churches, to those families, and to your students. Uh, keep up the good fight. Continue serving um, you know, till, we all, till we all get home and hear the Lord say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's, that's my prayer for you too. And it's... An honor to be able to do ministry with y'all. Ditto. Hmm. 
So, yes, okay, what was your story real quick? Oh, I was just saying, we told the story when it was wicked hot coming back to the RV, but the next night, <laughs> it was the opposite. It was like the frozen tundra. Kyle tried to kill me. It was, uh, it was like... 34 degrees in that place so it was just it went from the extreme and i had all the blankets and clay i had a sheet <laughs> that's all i had was a that's sheet and your pepsi so cool. can and my pepsi can that was probably frozen yeah so that's all i got clay how did you describe kyle when you woke up and he's all bubbled up over the sheet? well like i kept getting up one to get my body heat it's shaking. I'm shaking. Kyle's like wrapped up in like a cocoon. And on the way back, Kyle, well, we got back. We got back to Hickory that next day, and Kyle lifted up. So he's like, oh my gosh, all these blankets are under here. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah. But it was it was awesome. I mean, it, I wouldn't trade nothing for that experience. So it makes me want to buy an RV. Yeah, it was Dude, a good experience. You can actually rent RVs. Yes, you can. But I want my own. That's true. Oh. I want that RV again. Oh. I want that experience. Let, let, let me close with the two stories real quick. Two good memories here. So the first one, obviously, Clay's already said that was his first time at Disney. We get to Tower of Terror. We're mm. all excited. We're walking in. So. If you've never been to Tower Terror, you go through the line and you, you walk into like what, like a big living room? Office. It's like a hotel lobby. It's like a hotel lobby. Thank you. So we're standing there. All of a sudden, Kyle's like, now Clay, just hold on because the floor is going to fall off money real fast. And Clay's like, yeah, okay, whatever. I was like, no, seriously. I said, the room starts to move. He starts to go up and down. Like, we're going back. He's not believing it. All of a sudden, Dustin kind of pit chimes in just out of nowhere. It has nothing to know. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Dustin just starts chiming in. Clay's like, y'all starting to freak me out. Y'all need to stop by right now. <laughs> out of nowhere, these two people, uh, a dad and his little girl, just turn around. And he's like, man, you probably really want to hold on. He said, my daughter, she screamed the first time. He said, but she'll be, she's all right with it now. And Clay's like, y'all got to be kidding me. Like, he was this terrified, petrified little schoolboy that was, like, about ready to, like, fall into tears. I didn't know if I needed to hang. I didn't know what to do. It was scary. So we're, we're going to post, uh, when this episode drops, Kyle, we're, we're going to post this picture. I think uh, we should post a bunch of the pictures from this trip. We're going to post our picture from Hollywood, from Hollywood Tower of Terror. So they take our picture here right in the middle. Everybody in this picture is like, Hands up! Woo! Right I, here in the very back. <laughs> Here's Clay. Like I hate the world. I think he held my hand. I or did. Held somebody's hand. I, I grabbed Dustin's hand. Oh, I think. Yeah, that's why. No, because Dustin's got like. Well, who was on the other side of me? Outside. <laughs> I think I got Kyle's hand. Yeah, he grabbed my hand. I was like, oh, I don't want to go like this. I remember that. But no, oh, that was uh, a good ride. To to top the trip off, uh, and we'll, we'll close with this for your, especially Clay's final remarks. We were in Orlando, obviously coming back through, we're passing Daytona. We, we were like, it'll probably push us for a little bit time wise, but, but we're going to do it. So we get off the exit. Pull up to Daytona International Speedway in an RV. <laughs> it doesn't fit. I mean, we fit yes. exactly what it should be. Yes, exactly. So it was just great watching Clay just bust out into tears. It was, it was great. He's a hardcore NASCAR fan. Not only a hardcore NASCAR, but hardcore Dale Jr. Or Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> Dale Jr. I like Dale Jr. Dale Earnhardt fan. So Clay got very emotional at that moment. That's great. I don't know if it was just everything from the conference building up to him or if it was just 
Can we please post the video? I know. We, we need to post that. Yeah, on our Caffeinated Living Facebook page and Instagram. We're going to post some pictures from this trip, but then we'll post the infamous Daytona video where yes. Clay literally cries in front of the Dale Earnhardt statue. It was great. It was. Yeah. So, where are you going? To the gift right. shop. Well, at this point, we're going, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and draft our top... Fast food restaurants. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Four-person draft. It's going to be interesting. All right. We'll be right back. The thing about road trips is you always have to stop along the way and find something to eat. There's nothing more classic than burgers, fries, milkshake, drink, whatever it is. Fast food is a staple. We all love fast food. Um... This is going to be interesting, but we're going to do, each of us have to draft three fast food places, and we're going to have, we're going to put this up later to see who has the best three. We're going to do this, usually it's just Rob and I, and we just go back to back and forth. Today we're going to go in a snake style draft. Clay's going to have the first pick, Dustin will have the second pick, Rob will have the third, and I will have the fourth, and then we go backwards. So then I pick twice, Rob. So Clay, you pick last second round. No. So makes sense. Sounds, Pretty simple. Sounds good. But uh, we'll comment along the way to see if it was a bad pick, good pick type of thing. But or if it's not considered a fast food restaurant. Yeah. At all. So what are we considering mm. a fast food restaurant? It's got a drive-through, a drive-through. and it's not pizza. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> see, this, this is where we disagree already. I think pizza can't be fast food. Because Little Caesars has a drive-thru. Uh, exactly. Let's little count. <laughs> Let's count pizza. <laughs> what? What's Can wrong you classify that as pizza there? We're youth pastors. It's like yeah. the cheapest pizza. That's where half our budget goes to every yeah. year. So. Little Caesars. Yes. All right. For, for the sake of argument. Okay. Since You're going to settle since, this? Since Dustin brought up Little Caesars, <laughs> we have said it's fast food, Dan. Pizza is fast food. All Dustin right. loves Little Caesars. I don't love it. It's cheap, but it gets you out door fast. No. <laughs> well, 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 we'll talk about that story later. I like later. Little Caesars better than Domino's. Yeah, it's true. I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> it gets you to the bathroom fast, too. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. All right, all right. Okay. All right, ready? Is there a really... All right. Is there a one-of-one one pick? Is there a... I, I, my number one pick. This, this and uh, y'all may be mad, but you can't... They're consistent, they're mediocre, and you always they they put you Hold on. Can consistent and mediocre be used in the yes. same sentence? They're consistent and mediocre and <laughs> you, they, you know when you go it's gonna be the same meal and it's gonna taste exactly the same as it did when you went the day before. Number one pick, McDonald's. Okay. I'm taking McDonald's. Okay. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I think they are the number one pick. I mean you can't it's McDonald's. Mm. I mean What's your go to oh, McDonald's wow. order? Big Mac without lettuce. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my number one Big Donald's order is a, Mc- no is a Big Mac without lettuce with a large fry and a spicy McChicken sandwich. So basically. With no lettuce. <laughs> it's two patties, three buns, and Mac sauce. Yeah, basically. Okay. And Wait. I found out that one of the, like the world's worst like Serial killers. That was his last meal. Was a was a Big Mac without lettuce, and that like freaked me out. But that's one of my favorite burgers. I'm oh, sorry, Kyle called us like serial killers in one of our episodes because we both drink black coffee. So I'm oh, and it's got pickles on it and onions. Oh, I hate pickles. Pickles are a disgrace. Uh, interesting thought or interesting fact about McDonald's. Now, have you tried their spicy chicken nuggets? I heard they're pretty good. They are. 
That's a thing. That's a thing. Wow. Yeah. If they're you, really, they're really good. The spicy McChicken is. Oh, all right. Gosh. We could be here all day. Yeah. All right, McDonald's first pick. Good pick. I'll take that. So McDonald's is off the board. Mm. Consistently <laughs> mediocre. Consistently <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Mediocre. So that's what's going to be your okay. number one pick. This is so hard. I think my number one pick. And this is tough because is it really fast food? But it does have a drive through. I'd have to say Chick Fil A. Oh yeah, that's, oh, fast, yeah, that's food. fast food. Typical youth pastor. That's yeah, good Scott. pick. It wouldn't have made it back yeah. to you. Yeah, I'm surprised. Unless it might. I would have picked it if he if he didn't that's take it. You get two picks coming. Yeah, up, so. that's a good pick. What's your go-to Chick Fil A order? I guess seven you chicken sandwiches. Pre-counting calories or now? Now, uh, I get the uh, spicy Southwest salad. All right, pre. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I I prefer the um, spicy chicken sandwich, large fry, and. Well, I don't drink. I like Coke, but it's not yeah. my favorite. But a Coke. All right. But it's a good meal. It's not. Uh, I would say Chick Fil A isn't mediocre. It's it's a step. Be- step oh above. yeah, Chick Fil A's. They're always consistent. Well, yeah. consistently. they're consistent. Sometimes they forget stuff. They got good breakfast too. Yeah. I mean, we went McDonald's, Chick Fil A. I mean, that's top that. Yeah. I mean, that's good pick. <laughs> good pick. I think you got to steal it. The second pick. So all right, you ready? Yeah. You, you always love the first pick. Rob's picks. If you guys have never listened, which I hope you'd listen to our episodes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rob always picks terribly to start off the draft. Like, yeah. Terribly. You're kind of yeah. like the Bengals. Yeah. Terribly. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yet somehow when you cast the vote, who always ends up winning? Because it's your youth group that like yeah, <laughs> goes to the polls. Yeah, I got a couple students that vote for your stuff too. So. Yes. All right, what's your pick? What's Don't your pick? To vote. All right, you ready? I'm ready. A&W. What the heck? <laughs> what? What? A&W. It's not 1975. <laughs> what? A&W. Why A&W? Hold on. Can you even tell me where A&W's at? Within a 30 mile no, radius. Not within a 30. There is one in South Carolina. There's one, wait, time out. Hang there, on. There is one. There's, there's one in Statesville. There's one in Pigeon Forest. There's one in Statesville? Yes. Okay, you know when you're going out. No, we're not this. going to know okay. <laughs> But, yes. There is that, one in Statesville. That, that would be, that would be my down. number oh, yeah. one pick. The Whenever we are out of town, we always like to find the A&W. Okay. Even though, the summer we were on vacation, we found one. No, it's drop through only. Stupid COVID nineteen. <laughs> All right, a little yeah. bitter. A and W always off right. the wall pick. Which, if you look at their thing, it says all American food. I thought I was gonna say, huh? Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Ain't that a root beer? It's all you it is. Is. root beer, right? Yes. I don't like root beer, but my number four overall pick. You guys are gonna hate this one, but it's right, let's go hippie. What it's it's my go to Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. It is also consistently mediocre, but you know what you're going to get with Taco Bell? Diarrhea. I mean, you're get. and you can only get Baja Blast. Well, you used to only be able to get Baja Blast at Taco Bell. Awesome. I'm flipping it back. First pick, second round. You guys are going to be mad about this one, but it counts. Krispy Kreme. Okay. Uh, I'm going Krispy Kreme. Okay. okay. I'm not going to lie. Well, I, okay. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I'll get, you, I'll get behind you on that one. You took my second pick. Which Ta- one? Taco Bell. Taco Bell. All right. That, that was... So, I'm actually going to go with Panda Express. Oh. <laughs> Rob. 
There's a reason why the hickory clothes. I'm just gonna say Listen, that out loud. I like Panda Express. You love Panda Express. Okay, you've chosen A and W and Panda Express. I'm not going to roach it raw. Whatever. Okay, Taco Bell and Krispy Kreme. I know, I know, but again. There's nothing more off the wall than your pigs. The thing is, if you go to Rob... Floats, All-American food, and then get, go get you a little Chinese, a little spice. But if you go with Rob, you're going to starve because you're not going to find any of these restaurants on the way down there. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a good way to diet right there. I only like Panda Express because they still have one at Carowinds. Okay. Okay. All right. That's, that's why I go to Carowinds. <laughs> All right, Dustin. I really don't like to choose this one because every time I go through the draft phase, they're either out of something or... McDonald's already off the board. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is a this is probably the second one that's out of stuff all the time. I'll have to say Wendy's. Wendy's, yeah. All right. I know his order at Wendy's. Yeah, he does. What is it? He gets a Carolina Classic. This is pre-counting calories. He gets a Carolina Classic with an extra patty, a large fry, and a large Coke. Ooh, that sounds good. He nailed it. That sounds good. But there is truth to what he just said. Where do they have the slowest oh, drive through But it's so good. It is. I don't know if it's so good. A Baconator? They probably have the worst fast food fries. Oh, I yeah. But a Baconator. They used to not. They changed. Yeah, they changed. But, yeah. So, all right, Clay. Back all right, my turn. Bojangles. Okay. Bojangles. Yep. Mm. Good pick. Oh, man. Good pick. Unless you go to the drive-thru and they tell you they're out of chicken. Which, how's that possible? But. Or they forget to put the seasoning on the fries. Is it bad that the one in Hildebrand knows my order when I go to the drive-thru? I know your voice. That's either good or bad. Hey, Clay. So, you want to go where you're wanted? That's right. All right. Clay, back up <laughs> Third and final pick. And me? Yep. Oh, yeah. This is your last pick. And I already don't know. All right. You're going to hate me, but I'm going to do it anyways. Domino's. I mean, not Domino's. Not Domino's. Popeye's. Popeye's. Yes. Popeye's. Oh, my God. Gosh, I love Popeyes. Popeyes is good. Yeah, I'll tell you. Now I went there the other it's night. Like Lord's chicken, but and it's, they know. were like, we're out. They were like, the lady said, I said, ma'am, can I get a tender uh, meal? She's like, all we got is one breast and one leg, and that's it. And we ain't making no more. And I was like, all right, thank you. Have a good day. So you didn't get it. No, I mean, if, if you go there for friendliness, sometimes they're not the most friendly, but. It's pretty good. Have you had their chicken sandwich? Oh, yes. It's better than Chick-fil-A's. I think it is, too. It's better than Chick-fil-A's. Yeah. Sorry, Chick-fil-A, but it is. That's what my student said, too. Chick-fil-A's got some good spicy tenders. Yeah. I tried it, but to me, Popeye's has a different flavor than Chick-fil-A's. Oh, yeah. It's completely different. For me, it was hard to compare the two. But they were both really good. I think Popeye's has, this is going to be a hot take, has a better biscuit than Bojangles. You can leave now. <laughs> I really do. I mean, it's, it's good, but it dries your mouth out. You need a bottle of water after you eat it. Yeah. I, the red beans and rice is where it's at. All right, Dustin, what's your next pick? Your last pick. Oh, my last pick. I guess I'll have to go with Zaxby's. Oh, man, I forgot that's, about Zaxby's. Dustin might win this. D- Dustin likes chicken. I, well, <laughs> yeah. It's got a little less calories now than hamburger beef does, but... You might win this poll because Zaxby's, Chick-fil-A, and Wendy's. Yeah, you're probably going to win this poll. I can't wait for Rob's next pick. I, I'm, oh, no, my, it's, it's very... Are they out of business? Or, <laughs> well, I mean, are they going to start when we get this? <laughs> they might be. Check. I don't know. Um, no, my last one, I'm going to go with my all-time favorite. As a teenager, I used to love to go there every, almost, almost every single day. Uh, Burger King. 
You can't go with a, you, you, a Whopper. Sometimes you just get to hankering for a Whopper. Yes. I mean, it's... They're two for five right now, by the way. <laughs> I got the not, not that hippie, grass-grown <laughs> No, the impossible thing. one. The impossible. Impossible Whopper. Yeah, right. not, not that thing. I will say Burger King has the best Hershey pies. <laughs> Maybe the only Hershey well, pies. I mean, like, you can buy them in other places, but... I kind of want so, a Whopper now. There you go. There's your, there's your dinner tonight. Yep. So, dinner all right, one Kyle... Breaking. Man, I don't know if this is going to count, but I'm going to say it, and you guys, and I can defend it. Does it have a drive three? I don't know if all of them do. Well, just say it. Five then. guys. Uh, Does it count? It's, it doesn't. I, I mean, the one here doesn't have a drive through but does it count? It's burgers, fries, it's fast. And they have peanuts. They have peanuts. <laughs> does five guys count? Yeah, I mean, right, we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. Raw pick A and W, so yeah, we'll give you five guys. All right. I'll, I'll take five guys with my last pick. I think it's the best fast food cheeseburger. Yeah. yeah. If it's we, expensive. If we live yeah, in California, expensive. I feel like we have in and out on there, but we don't live in California. Yeah. Or Whataburger. Yeah, that too. Yeah. That's, so, that needs to be our next conference is out in California. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> no. no, thank you. We can at least just, right. just go out there and eat a burger. L- let, let me run through this real quick. All right. Clay. McDonald's, Bojangles, and Popeyes. Consistently <laughs> mediocre. If you could have America in one, there you go. <laughs> then we got Dustin coming in with Chick fil A, Wendy's, and Zaxby's. Good uh, picks. Then you got mine with AW, Panda Express, and Don't knock it. I'm taking a ball of Tom's while you're around. Y'all want to make fun of AW, but y'all sitting up here talking about eating crystal. Look. Earlier, hey. so uh, uh-uh. no, no. I feel like we should have put Crystal on there, but think R.I.P. Why didn't you get him? Why didn't one of y'all just get him say White Castle while you're at it? I hate White we Castle. We don't. We've never I, White Castle's not around here. And they put onions on their stuff. I like onions. So all right, and then Kyle had Taco Bell, Krispy Kreme, and Five Guys. All right. So all right, let us know in the comments who had the best picks. If I'm looking at this, I'm. I'm Dustin's, Dustin's kind of up there. Yeah. If Clay wouldn't have taken Popeye's... I don't know. Uh, he would have been close. There's some Popeye faithful out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Popeye faithful, if you're listening, Clay, Clay needs you to work there. Yeah, if I was picking somebody else's draft, I'd pick Dustin's. Same. So, and then... <laughs> and the Rob just... Kyle's going with the... Get a good meal at Five Guys. Let's go pick up some donuts at Krispy Kreme. Food hack. Take and, the and burger, then, take the burger from Five Guys, mm-hmm. and replace the buns with Krispy Kreme donuts. Bors- Somebody listening and crush some drool and crush some tums up and put on top <laughs> for you a Taco Bell. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was about to say, we go do the Taco Bell here. Baja yeah. Blast. Okay, okay, okay. Cinnamon twist. Oh yeah. Uh, you put that. Oh, put that in the burger. So it gives a little crunch. crunch. What are you gonna do when you go orange chicken, <laughs> a root beer float, and a whopper? I mean. You build it, I'll eat it. Ugh. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Mm. Challenge has been accepted. I won't have to go find an A&W at a Panda Express. <laughs> so, all right. Again, thank you guys for yeah. being a part of our episode today. We really appreciate it. Thank you all. So, all right. Until next time, y'all. Keep it caffeinated, friends. <laughs>